0: Well, we're in the book of Proverbs, we're looking at some of the wisdom that comes from this great Old Testament uh, book, this book from Hebrew Scripture, so join me as we turn to the very last book, the very last chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 31. Uh, We have said that anytime you read the word wisdom or knowledge or insight or understanding or discernment in the book of Proverbs, it's all basically talking about the same thing. Wisdom can be something in the book of Proverbs that's very practical, like a skill or an ability that you need to do a particular task. But many times, wisdom is also acknowledged as a gift from God. It gives us an ethical or moral or spiritual compass and strength and understanding. And as I've shared with you previously, uh, there are a lot of people who believe that the book of Proverbs is a book that was used as a textbook for young boys, young men, who are in this school of wisdom, and they're being taught by these wise sages all sorts of wisdom that will help them and equip them for life. So that's why we've said that, uh, taking a, uh, a plug off of the the commercial, I think it was one of the credit card commercials. Proverbs don't leave home without it. It's good practical wisdom for all of life. So today we're going to look at what. The wise sages of, 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 of the Hebrew life were trying to teach young boys about women. What were they trying to teach boys about women? And the respect and the honor and the esteem that should be due a woman or a wife or a mother or an aunt or a grandmother or whoever. So, we're going to start with verse 10. And even though it talks about a wife or a woman here, I want you to really think more holistically about a woman who is a good woman verse 10 a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value she brings him good not harm all the days of her life she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar she gets up while it is still dark she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings she plants a vineyard she sets about her work vigorously her arms are strong for her task she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night in her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy when it snows she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet she makes coverings for her bed she is clothed in fine linen and purple you pirate fans like that line don't you her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes she is clothed with strength and dignity she can laugh at the days to come she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears or who honors or respects or esteems the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord, and together let us say thanks be to God. Well, James Lindbergh is a, a professor emeritus, Of St. Paul Seminary or excuse me Luther Seminary in St. Paul Minnesota and he tells the story about a number of years ago of teaching in one of his religion classes and he decided to invite a local rabbi to come in and talk to the class about Judaism so the rabbi came in and at one point in the class uh, James Lindbergh said that he and the rabbi were talking about wedding customs and marriage customs and he said that he would never forget what the rabbi had to say about some good insight into proverbs 31 here's what the rabbi told the class that day the rabbi said every sabbath day now you got to remember the sabbath day for jewish people began on friday night at sunday right and it ends on saturday Afternoon, evening, at sundown. That's the Jewish Sabbath. The rabbi tells the class, every Sabbath evening, he says, I recite this poem to my wife. He says, it's a poem that begins, a noble wife who can find. And it ends with saying, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. So the rabbi said, I recite this poem to my wife. And I go through this alphabetized list of all of the great things that a woman does, and, and see, you wouldn't pick this up. None of us would pick this up in what we just read, but in the Hebrew, every line of what we've just read is alphabetized. The first word begins with the equivalent of A in the first line, and the second line, the first word begins with the equivalent of B. And the third line, the first word with the equivalent of C. How about that? It goes all the way through the entire Hebrew alphabet. Olive, bake, gimbledal, hey, why is that? I won't go through the Hebrew alphabet. That's about all I can tell you from Hebrew. But I do remember that the professor told us that if we want to memorize the Hebrew alphabet, as we're walking across the parking lot from the car to his class at 8 o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, just say the Hebrew alphabet, every step you take. Olive, bake, gimel, dalet, hay, I, and het. I still remember that after all these years. Isn't that amazing? So the rabbi says, you go through this alphabetized list of what a great woman is like, and then you end it with a you statement. And, and the you statement here is, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. He says that to his wife. And he says, in essence, what you're saying is there are a lot of great women around, but baby, you are the best. Now, I just want you to know that I've experimented with Leslie in the last week on this. And I've gotten good results. Guys, I've gotten good results. So just a thought that you might want to try this. Hey, this is a text I want you to keep in mind that doesn't just speak about wives and mothers this is a text that's really written for men on how to honor and esteem and give respect to a woman that's what this text is really about you see Proverbs 31 paints this beautiful picture of what a woman is all about and given the context of the Hebrew culture in which women had an inferior status, it's a pretty amazing document. You've got to keep in mind that in the Hebrew mindset, a woman is a piece of property of her father. And at the woman's marriage, there is a financial transaction that takes place. The husband is, in essence, purchasing the daughter from the father and not only is there a financial transaction taking place but there is a transaction that's taking place of authority now the father doesn't have authority over the daughter the husband right the husband now has authority over his new wife so in the marriage the husband has all of the rights and the wife has very few rights if any the husband can divorce the wife at will the wife can't divorce the husband at all she can be in a terribly abusive verbally sexually physically type situation and she can't divorce her husband so so women had it tough in these in these days and yet when you read this text you see That there are places where women really are highly valued and honored and appreciated. Uh, Women, of course, had great value and honor in the home, caring for children, in religious instruction. Women contributed to the socioeconomic welfare of their families. Women uh, in Hebrew culture had a place and were honored in music, Michael, and the arts. Uh, Women even, we see in the Hebrew scriptures, our Old Testament, there were times when they had roles and responsibilities in the political and military way. Just think of Deborah, one of the Old Testament judges in the book of Judges. Think of some of the great queens that are mentioned in the Old Testament. So women even had some political and military authority and responsibility. Now, let's go back to the text we just read and review the way that this woman is honored and i want to put some things on the screen uh to just kind of remind you of what the text said the proverbs 31 woman she's just not an indentured household servant acting at the total direction of her husband she's got a lot of responsibility she clearly clear cares for her husband and for her her household and those verses that are mentioned but did you note in the text she's a very successful entrepreneur she's a businesswoman the text says she purchases a field from her own income she purchases a field and she plants a vineyard her business ventures make for late working hours and she the text says is not lazy or idle apparently she's a sharp dresser that that's noted in the text and she's a salesperson par excellence. Her fame creates a good reputation for her husband and not the opposite. You might think, well, it's the husband who's making the wife look good. In the Proverbs 31 case, it's the wife who's making the husband look good. And guys, let's go ahead and admit it right now. That's usually the case right now anyway, isn't it? Our wife, most of us are overachievers in this room. If we're married, we may we married way above what we deserve. So let's go ahead and admit that. She's described as a woman of noble strength of character. Uh, she has a strong work ethic. Uh, in fact, the text even says she's strong of body. Her arms are strong, it mentions. She is someone who is clothed with strength and dignity. And this woman also opens her hand to the poor and reach, reaches out her hands to the needy. She has a social justice conscience about her, about the needs of. Of the people who are around her the text says that she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue and finally she has as much inner beauty as she has outer beauty the text says charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears or honors or esteems respects the Lord uh, is to be praised Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So, the Proverbs 31 woman receives the highest of respect and praise from all persons involved. Thanks for putting that on the screen. Now, this text was written, this instruction book that's used in this school of wisdom for boys, this was written several, several thousand years ago. And we might think, well, surely things have changed back then, and they have to some degree for for women. But, But you and I both know that in some quarters, in some places, women are not given the respect or the esteem or the gratitude or the honor that they should be. We found out in the last several years by way of the Me Too movement, the abuse and the assaults and the rapes, And the mistreatment of women in all phases of our American cultural life we've seen it happen in the business world we've seen it happen in the educational world we've seen it take place in government and politics we've seen it happening in the athletic and sports world and we've seen it happen in the entertainment world you've got people that running through your mind right now that you know are victims of those circumstances and you may well be thinking of individuals that have been in the news who have been abusers of women in those particular areas and sadly from my perspective we've seen it happen in the church world in our communities of faith For a long time, we thought it was only relegated to the Roman Catholic Church. And I don't know how much you read and keep up with the news, but let me tell you what, folks. Sadly, sadly, it's alive and well in the Baptist world, too. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of Baptist clergy who apparently have abused women and boys, and it was covered up, and they were sent to other churches where that abuse continued and was recycled. It's a sad thing shouldn't have happened now you know in the Western world in which we live Western culture we all have an individual mindset the mindset is hey maybe you did something but I didn't do it so I'm not responsible it's not me that's at fault and you know we're all focused on my rights my my needs and my wants and my privileges see we see the Western culture is a very individualistic it doesn't matter that somebody else in my family did something or in my ethnic or racial uh, profile has done something I didn't do it so it's not me I remember years ago in this church years ago being in a meeting of, of some folks and the conversation was on racial reconciliation and I'll never forget one person who said, why, why do I need to be reconciled? I haven't done anything to them. I haven't done anything to them. Well, yeah, you probably haven't done anything to them. But your granddaddy or your great-granddaddy might have owned a slave. Or your, your brother or your uncle show deep prejudice in a variety of yeah maybe you haven't see see, that's the individual perspective of the western culture but the hebrew culture is completely different the hebrew culture looks at things from a community perspective and it doesn't matter if i haven't done it if my family did it if my my race my ethnicity group did it if my gender did it then i'm responsible You see, that's why the Bible talks about how the sins of the Father, in in the Old Testament, the sins of the Father will carry forth its consequences to the third and to the fourth generations. Because in the Hebrew way of thinking, the community is responsible. It's institutionalized. So so in that spirit, this morning, I want to take a page out of the Hebrew mindset for a minute not the Western mindset. And I want to say to those of you women in this room that I am very sorry for the times that if there have been those times in your life, I want you to know that I am sorry and I ask for your forgiveness as a man who has been privileged all of his life. I'm a white male. Who has been privileged all of my life I want you women to know that I am sorry for any hurt or harm that has come your way specifically I want to say this morning that if there is any woman who has been sexually exploited in any way by assault rape verbal harassment in the workplace the home a community setting by a man I'm truly sorry And I ask for your forgiveness. To any woman who has been physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, or verbally harassed in the workplace. Or in a domestic setting by a man. You've been assaulted or harassed by a father or a brother or a grandfather or an uncle or any other male family member i want you to know i'm truly sorry and i ask for your forgiveness to any woman who has been made to feel uncomfortable in the workplace by unwanted advances or sexist disregard or discrimination simply because you're a woman i'm sorry and i ask for your forgiveness To any woman who has been paid 79 cents on the dollar for a comparable job that a man might have, I want you to know that I'm sorry. And I ask for your forgiveness. To any woman who's been exploited sexually, emotionally, verbally, or financially by human trafficking caused by men, which has enslaved them in such a way that they've had to offer up their bodies to earn a living. And all of that's been laced with fear and has often been all given on false hopes and promises of a better life. Hey, come to this country and we'll offer you a better life. I want you to know that I'm truly sorry and I ask for your forgiveness. And to any woman or any man, for that matter, who placed their trust in a clergy person or some other volunteer leader in the life of the church who abused that position of trust in your life. An inappropriate relationship occurred that created an imbalance between people of power and influence and those men and women who innocently followed them and trusted them. I want you to know that I'm truly sorry and I ask for your forgiveness. You know, I have a wonderful mother who is 94 years old as of August. I have a beautiful and faithful wife. I won't tell you how old she is. She's young. I have a lovely and gifted daughter and daughter-in-law. I have a creative and loving granddaughter. I have numerous sisters-in-laws and aunts and cousins and nieces, and I bet you do, too, for whom I would never stand for any of the mistreatment that I've just described. So why in the world would we sit back and dismiss or excuse such mistreatment given to any woman, known or unknown to us, without Clearly saying that God does not welcome, nor approve, nor like the way that men at times have treated women. We should feel ashamed that some of these things have happened on our watch, men. And we should truly, humbly repent and ask God to help us parent these young boys and these young men in our world to have the same love, the same respect, the same honor that is given to this Proverbs 31 woman in this text we've read this morning. So, I want to say to all of our Oakmont women this morning, many women do noble things, ladies, but you surpass them all. I want you to know that you're the best, Oakmonters. You ladies especially, I want you to know that I love you, that I honor you, that I respect you, that I appreciate what you do in your work setting, in your home life, in our community, and I deeply appreciate what you do in the life of our church to teach, to lead in worship, to serve in many different ways. And as the rabbi said, whom I referenced at the beginning of my sermon, I look at all of you in the eye this morning and I say, there are a lot of great women around, Oakmonters, but baby, babies, you're the best. I'm grateful for you and may God bless you in what you do to make our world so much better.